everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, and a lot of fun that was. I tweeted this out right before we got started, but I think this just needs repeating. The theme of the night was compete level. This is what this team is capable of when they keep up the compete level for 60 minutes, even when momentum is going the other way, because it's going to. And it's definitely going to against the Carolina Hurricanes, who are better than the Flyers. The, the Hurricanes are what the Flyers should hope to be in a year or two. If, they're, if, if the Flyers are that by the end of this season, everything went freaking right. You know, this is what they should be. This is what they should hope to be. Um, and the Flyers get outplayed for the first 40 minutes. We can all look at it and go, yes, the, the Hurricanes, better team for the first 40 minutes. But what happened? The Flyers, two things. The Flyers kept up the compete level. They didn't let things snowball. Even when momentum went the other way, they kept fighting, kept fighting, and their goaltender fought with them. When they bring the compete level and their goaltender and their goaltender bails them out of some of the chances they give up, they are capable of playing with anybody. I was very excited by this win. Uh, first period, all I thought was, this is, what's, this is what having a good goalie can do for you. When Carter Hart is playing his best, the Flyers are capable of not playing their best and still not being down, maybe even be up in the game. Uh, and that's what I thought the first period was. Uh, second period, Carolina keeps coming, keeps coming. They tie it up, but the Flyers keep fighting. They don't let things snowball like they always let happen. And boom, look at that. It's 1-1 through 40 minutes. There's 20 minutes of hockey to decide who gets these two points. We're not gonna, we're not gonna let these points slip through our fingers. And then what happens in the third? The team comes out. They did not turtle. That they they did not help, hope to just hold on. They weren't playing for a loser point. Even when they got ahead in the game, even when they get the early goal uh, to start the third period, they never at any point stop bringing the uh, stop bringing the intensity. And what do we get? A big win over the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that I mean they have to be considered, uh, you know, a, a top five favorite to go to the Stanley Cup final this year. I love watching Carolina. I think they play a terrific brand of hockey. I think they're a very good team. If they get good goaltending, they could go a long way in these playoffs. But I just thought this was a terrific example of what the Flyers are capable of tonight. Even if they don't, even if they don't outplay Carolina, which they didn't through 40 minutes, and honestly, Carolina is better. I did not expect them to. I was really interested to see what what sort of direction this game would take. And uh, the Flyers just kept at it. They never got down. They never let things go the other way. They get on the penalty kill a couple times, have some big kills there, and they just kept with it. They started with the uh, forecheck, and that really paid off in the third period, just making takeaway after takeaway, especially uh, denying zone exits, which has been a huge issue, or which has been – a huge focal point this year to me. Uh, I think they've created so much offense off of second opportunities after the opponent gets the puck in their own zone and looks to break out. The Flyers break it up and create a lot of goals and chances for themselves. That happened a ton in the third period, and it pays off with a bunch of goals. Um, this is uh, – I don't know if I've been this excited over a Flyers win all year. I have some notes and stuff, but that's the one thing I just wanted to compare it to. Uh, the Pens and Isles games last week, those are ass-kickings based on purely effort. 
Uh, compare the rosters, um, the Flyers to the Pens and the Isles. Those teams aren't better than the Flyers. Maybe they have a little more here. Maybe they have a little less there. Those teams aren't better than the Flyers, but the Flyers just didn't bring their game. They didn't compete. And so they got their asses kicked based on effort tonight. Uh, the Kings are cup contenders, and the Flyers, in my mind, like I said, they're hoping to beat Carolina by maybe the end of this year, hopefully in a year or two, realistically. Uh, but Carolina outplays Philly. Flyers kept their compete level high, even when momentum was all on the other side. And their effort, along with Carter Hart, let us not forget what Carter Hart did for this team. He was excellent tonight. He looked like Carter Hart. That's why I wasn't worried about Carter Hart, because he's a good goalie and showed it tonight. Uh, and he kept them in the game so that they could win it in the third by just keeping their compete effort or com- keeping their compete level high. And that's what they did for the two points tonight. I am ecstatic, as you can tell. Let's get to you guys. All right. Uh, the sound is horrific. All right. How about now? I messed with it a little. Niskanen changed my mind. He is. Uh, he was just outstanding tonight, I thought. Um, I really liked what I saw out of Matt Niskanen tonight. I've liked what I've seen for most of the season out of Matt Niskanen. But um, he doesn't – his plays don't always stand out because they're so solid and just so – he's so poised. But I think his presence is going to pay off uh, huge uh, by the end of the season. We're already seeing it in terms of production. But I just think his – the poise and the composure he brings to the ice is going – that's what's going to help our, uh, our younger defensemen as the season goes on. Is it real? Is the sound really that bad? It's man, I have the exact same setup. The sound is horrible. Hold on. All right, hopefully, it has improved since then. Uh, the scrum along the boards, yeah, that shift at the end there with uh, TK, Lindblom, and Couturier was just freaking outstanding. I, I couldn't ask for anything more. That was a Richards, Gagne, Knubel style shift. And look what happens it leads to a goal. Yes, play goes the other way. But they're tired. They're pressing now. We've wasted so much of their time. They have to take chances. Boom, turn over the other way. Giroux gets the breakaway goal. That goal is a goal scored by a guy who knows how much better he is than the goalie. That was incredible. But it's all set up by the shift before that. Just forces them a little bit more to to really start pressing, and he's able to take it the other way. Just an incredible third period. I couldn't be happier with the effort tonight. Yo, Bill, looks like my suggestion. Oh, I lost it. But it's talking about... uh, TK are talking about Farabee with uh, JVR and Giroux. I can't complain about it. You know, I've said a bunch of times um, when the lineup stabilizes and they have a third center and Giroux can go back to wing. I went Hayes with uh, Farabee and Giroux, but even with G at center right now, it's looking good. Sound is still fucked. All right. I'll see if I can keep messing with it. Sounds fine here, says Lawrence. You know, I don't know. Where can I get my hands on the stadium soundtrack? Finally, some good music. It sounds better, right? Like, just uh, listening to the broadcast, it sounds like they're playing some better tunes throughout the game. We'll have to get some uh, some people who go to the games to weigh in on it. But I think it's definitely sounded a lot better. Uh, speaking of music, I don't remember. Uh, this goes back to this summer's draft party. Uh, we had the annual Broad Street Hockey draft party at, uh, where the hell even were we? We were at uh, Fieldhouse this past July, or this past June, for the BSH draft party. Somebody gave me this um, Nirvana-themed Flyers shirt. I don't remember who gave it to me. I don't I, Give me the company's information, give me your information, whatever it is, but it's Flyers, it's got the, uh, it's got the Nirvana smiley face there, and it says, 
Smells like team spirit at the bottom. I love this shirt. It compliments on it whenever I wear it. I don't remember who gave it to me. So if you let me know, uh, I'll be able to uh, hook you up with a retweet or something. Uh, but I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. So we'll just keep going here. Let me scroll back up, get some comments. Uh, Myers seems to settle in a little bit every shift. Think he's here to stay. I think he has to be. I mean, they're playing good hockey right now. He's part of what they need. I would like... I'm cool with one Justin Braun, who Jonesy called Ryan Braun tonight. We've been doing it since the Flyers acquired him on the podcast. I was glad to see a professional broadcaster picked it up. But um, I'm cool with one Justin Braun. You can't have multiple Justin Brauns. So I, that, and that's what Haig is. That's what Moran is. Stay-at-home defenseman who may or may not be good. You know, maybe. I, but I want five guys of the skill level that we have plus one Braun and uh, it has to be Myers. He, he's just so steady. He's out there killing penalties tonight. Uh, he remains aggressive, just remains one of the more, even for his age, even for his experience level. I love uh, the composure he has out there. He's a lot less panicky than even some of our more veteran defensemen who've been in the lineup a couple of years. And I, you have to give Myers every chance to lose the job. And he hasn't at all yet. That was a beautiful goal by G. Oh, that's just a goal scored by a guy who knows he's going to score a goal. There was not a question in G's mind that the puck was going to be in the back of the net when he when he got the puck across center, without a doubt. Uh, no storm surge tonight. They don't do it away, I don't think. Are they doing it at all? Sound is great on my end. Okay, sound here. Right, so I don't know. Sound is fine. I don't know what the issue is for people. If you're still having sound issues, I'm getting plenty of feedback saying the sound is good. Uh, best save of the game was off the Provorov turnover on the power play. Could have easily turned the entire game around. Yeah, I just wanted Provorov to haul him down, take the trip or the hook or whatever. Uh, but Hart just battled tonight, man. Hart was there from the very beginning. Uh, from the first five minutes of the game, I looked over at Ava and said, he's playing well tonight. They have a chance to win this game. Because I think Carolina is very good. I think they are much better than the Flyers overall. I just think they're much further along in their development. They're uh, they've been with their coach now two years. They've been building something for a few years. They are what the Flyers hope to be, and uh, Hart, especially through the first 40 minutes. But it's not like he slacked in the third. Uh, what did Carolina – the Hurricanes overall outshoot the Flyers 34-28. Let me see this shot count by period. Uh, Philly outshot 14-10 in the first, outshot 9-5 in the second. Actually win the shot battle in the third, 13-11. But 11 third period shots, not one beats Carter Hart. That's clutch goaltending in a uh, big division matchup. Awesome. Can't wait to get a Carter Hart jersey, eh? Pfft, why don't you already have one? Lots of guys had great games. Giroux was fantastic. Where were all the trade G trolls? I loved everybody tonight. I, this, is a, this is a butterflies and rainbows post game. You won't get much negativity out of me tonight. Uh, Hart seems better when he's... Uh, Hart seems better when he's facing consistent shots. He seemed locked in all night. That's something I actually wanted to bring up. You know, the Flyers have been giving up under 28 shots a game coming into tonight. And I wonder if Hart is a guy who needs to play himself into a rhythm. We've heard about these goalies a ton of times. Uh, Roman Chekmonic was a goalie who, like, wanted to face more shots, especially early in game, get him engaged, get him the feel for the puck. Um Carolina gets off to that early shot advantage. I think it was like eight nothing at one point, or the chances were four nothing. It was they 
dominated early in this game, and I think Carter Hart was really up to that test. And um, I, I think he built on that, like got his confidence as the game went on. I think he was confident coming in. He was great from the start. But as it went on, he remembered he was Carter F. and Hart and gets that big W. I realize I'm reading comments several minutes later. Like, I'm very far behind here. Uh, Myers has been really solid. He has solidified that defense. Nice duo with Sanheim. So happy to have Myers and Farabee and soon to be Frost with up with the big club. Yeah, we keep talking about how Frost is – they're going to have to shit or get off the pot with Frost. They need a third center. Although, man, as much as I've talked about how I don't like G at center, hard to argue with the game tonight. Uh, just a real good, hardworking win out of the Flyers. Um not going to focus too much on things like bringing Frost up, which they probably should do at some point. Looking at I, last, I looked, I think he was on like a six-game point streak or something with the Phantoms. But uh, that's for another night. That's for BSH Radio tomorrow. Whatever tonight, we are reveling in the big victory over a very good opponent, the Carolina Hurricanes. Trade Haig. Listen, man, I don't think you can get anything for Robert Haig. I'm sure you're just screwing around, but like. If you can bring in a seventh defenseman with his kind, we're going to lose someone to injury at some point. That's just hockey. Haig now has a bunch of experience. He's got chemistry, uh, you know, experience with his anyone who he'd be stepping in to play alongside. That's good for a seventh defenseman. I like Haig in that sort of role. I think he – I don't love his game. You all know that. But I'm not looking to move Robert Haig right now. I'm looking to make sure this lineup has everything it needs for 82 games, because that's the kind of marathon we're going on. I think being able to bring in a Robert Haig, although he's like, is he ideal in your lineup every night? No. But who are you going to bring in to play every now and then who's better? I don't know of anybody. Crazy how a good goalie just finds ways, uh, finds their way, looks sharp. Uh, no way trade and give up on. I don't like, listen, I know we all had fun at the people who were like, go get Jonathan Quick, but that was like one moron. You know, that's one person overreacting and being crazy. And if it wasn't for that one overreactive crazy person, like, I'd have a less, uh, like, I'd have a less prominent role in flyer society. I understand the overreactor and the maniac as much as anybody. But did anybody realistically think Carter Hart wasn't going to be just fine? He's going to be just fine. And with that, tell you about what's fine is this beer if you're looking to uh, have a just fine beer and, you know, maybe catch a Flyers game, night out with the boys, night out with the gals, night out with everybody, may I suggest to you Crest Tavern in the Wildwood Crest. That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern right there in beautiful Wildwood Crest. It is my favorite bar in the entire Jersey Shore. Uh, just an awesome place to watch a Flyers game or any game. They have the direct TV package. So whatever you're looking to watch, any sport, they have it. And the owner, Timmy Fitz, not only is he a huge hockey fan, but he's there all the time making sure that beer is cold, that food is hot. And let me tell you, the hot roast pork sandwich, don't sleep on it. Give it a try. Uh, but he's always there making sure everyone's uh, doing their job and everyone does a great job at Crest Tavern. Couldn't love the staff more. Couldn't love the beer selection more. Couldn't love the food more. Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern, best place to watch a game in the whole Jersey Shore. All right, still no Voracek sightings. I thought Jake was good tonight. I think Jake, he had one really bad turnover on the power play. But aside from that, I thought Jake was good in his role tonight. Didn't mind him at all. Myers is so much better than Haig Moran. Yeah, I mean, we knew that, though. It's great to get the confirmation 
um, seeing it, it's, it's not just theoretical. You look at it and go, oh, my God, this is a good hockey player. But we knew that. We knew it was just a matter of time. Not saying it's not frustrating waiting for that time to go by, but I have to believe, barring a terrible spiral out of control, uh, Phil Myers is here to stay. After the first period, I knew Hart was back and had a feeling he was going to be huge tonight, and he was. Yeah, incredible. I, that's uh, He keeps him 33 of 34 overall. How many stops did he have on the uh, on the PK? Five of five. Uh, that's huge. You, no matter what, you hear your goalie has to be your best penalty killer, and you don't like hearing it because it's, well, why don't the PKers do their job? Here's the thing. The other team has more players. They're going to create chances at some point. Well, five out of five uh, on, on the PK. That's what you want out of Carter Hart. That's what's making a huge difference for this team. When he's on his game, they win. Letter grade on Sanheim's game tonight? Let's take a look at what Sanheim played tonight. Because uh, I thought he was much better. A um, little bit physical. What did he play? He played just over. He played 20-30. Wow, him and Myers played an even 20-30 overall. Uh, Proverov right there with 20-29. Niskanen 21-26. So, yeah, only uh, only Matt Niskanen played more than Sanheim and Myers. I liked what I saw out of Sanheim tonight. Um, yeah, I just think it's – we don't want to hear it because we've been waiting for so long with all these guys. But they just have to find their way. They're going to. We think they're all good, right? Even Ghost. And Ghost, I, I thought was I thought he made a bunch of good plays tonight, Ghost. I like him on that second power play unit with, uh, with Niskanen. I think that's a good mix there. Um, but – with Sanheim, with Provorov, with Myers. It's just a question of finding your way. I think they're starting to. And what are we, 13 games into the season? It's not taking, you know, it's not like it's taking 40, 50 games. And I'm not saying there won't be more, uh, yeah, 14 games into the season. Uh, I'm not saying there aren't going to be more bumps along the way because there probably will be. But this is they're finally turning the corner. Are they depending on young guys, and are there going to be bumps in the road with the young guys? Absolutely. But if they bring this sort of compete level every night, and if Carter Hart can be some semblance of what he was tonight, this is a good hockey team. And I think we're seeing that with all the young players. I mean, how freaking good did Joel Farabee look tonight? You have Farabee up with Giroux and JVR, and he looks like a player. He is by no means a, a third wheel on that line. He's making things go. He's getting to the high danger areas. He had a couple of bad plays, I thought, to start the game. I thought Lindblom had a – or, excuse me, Farabee had a couple of turnovers, just a few bad decisions. And early on, I said, you know what, I bet you this – because he wasn't – it's not like he wasn't working. He just made a few bad decisions, a few bad plays. And these first couple of shifts of the game – uh, he just didn't look great, and I thought, he's going to get one tonight to make up for this. That's the kind of player he is. He's tenacious, and he doesn't stop working. He doesn't let one shift affect the next. And what do you know? He gets that freaking goal, doesn't get reviewed. Tell Every single person watching this thought that that goal was getting reviewed, because I did. I was like, if they take another point, another goal away from this kid, I'm going to freak the F out. But uh, it stands. He gets the goal. Great second effort. He's going to be a player, man. I love watching Farabee. He just he's he's got it. He's got it in his head. He we questioned, um, and it's more like the Rubstovs of the world that we really question how many of these not top line guys who have great hockey sense is Hextall really going to draft? Farabee might be a top line guy potentially, but 
he's got that hockey sense to make plays in all three zones, and that's helping him. Uh, he's playing at the end of games. Couldn't be more happy with uh, with Farabee. Too bad Giroux can't score when the team needs uh, when the team needs a goal to win or tie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Luongo needed shots. Yeah, Luongo was one of those guys who didn't like. Um, the only negative was the metric ton of turnovers. Other than that, it was great. You're going to turn the puck over. I like that they. I, I thought. I thought they did a great job, especially in the third when Carolina was really pressing. Uh, even during that, uh, leading up to the Provorov tripping penalty, uh, I thought until the until the penalty, they did a great job of coverage. Um, Carolina was really buzzing, but they kept everything to the outside. Watching the Hurricanes play, man, everything they do is in service of getting the puck to the slot. They very rarely settle for a not opportune chance. They get pucks to the point, absolutely. But the point men are looking to step into the high slot where they are looking to work the puck back down low, maybe work a give and go. Everything they do is in service of getting the puck into the highest danger areas. And I thought especially in the third leading up to the Provorov penalty and in coverage, killing the Provorov tripping penalty, I thought they did a tremendous job of limiting the chances of Carolina to keep them from getting back into the game. Those Farabee and Hart mustaches are just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm trying to catch up, but man, no shave November. We're five days in, and it looks like I shaved last night. Um, well, by the end of the month, hopefully I have a, a, a Minshew-style mustache. Farabee equals Gagne with wheels? Man, I wouldn't talk shit on Gagne's. I mean, Gagne could scoot, man. He made a lot of shorthanded points happen. He was. I wouldn't talk anything about Gagne's wheels. But yeah, Farabee is, Farabee is at is as advertised so far. I'm really happy with that guy. Farabee has zero interest in going back to the Phantoms. I can't imagine the Flyers have any interest whatsoever in sending him back. He's easily one of their nine best forwards. Like, it's not a question. Regardless of who's healthy, whatever, Joel Farabee is one of the team's nine best forwards. Uh, I would love them to bring Frost up, but I think he needs to work on his two-way game more. And that's the... um, that's the that's the knock on Farabee right now. That's what we've heard. And here's the thing I always, like, laugh at. Oh, he needs to work on his defense. He needs to work on his um, game away from the puck. Of course he does. Morgan Frost, for most of his life, has had the puck on his stick for two-thirds of every shift, probably. He's in a league now, and he's going to be coming to a league that's even harder, where that's not the case. Like, Connor McDavid needed to work on his game away from the puck. Now, extreme example, because Connor McDavid looks like he's a top 20 all-time player, and that's a low-end estimate. Uh, But guys who are this good, of course they need to work on their defense and their two-way game because they've never not had the puck before. But I believe Frost will be up um, at least to get a look by around Christmas, maybe a little after. But I can't imagine – he plays the whole year with the Phantoms and doesn't get extended time up here and I would assume never goes back after that. All right, all right, Bill. I'm cool with the 23% ticket hike. Listen, man, I'm not telling you raising ticket prices is cool. I'm just telling you, like, as someone who's never been able to afford to go to a Flyers game, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I give, for the longtime fans who've had tickets and that's what they do, I get it. Any sort of any sort of increase in price is a pain in the ass. When the beer I like goes from $10.99 to $11.99 a six-pack, I get upset. Understandable. But then I'm like, I'm paying for an $11 six-pack already. 
shut the fuck up. But no, I'm, I get it. It's annoying as shit when ticket prices go up. I'm just like, the price of everything is going up. The price of what is going down? CDs? That's like, you know, DVDs? Jake had a def, uh, tremendous defensive play that led to a Russian scoring chance. Uh, Jake had a quote recently, might have been today, about how he's really worked to improve his defense. He doesn't understand why he still gets shit about playing bad defense. And that just, like, where are you? When I hear Jake say things like, I still get shit for playing shitty defense, even when I'm focusing on it, I want to be like, where are you hearing this stuff? Because it's not like... How many mainstream articles about the Flyers are there every day? Like NBC Sports, Courier, and uh, and NJ.com. Like where else are are you even reading this shit? Uh, but whatever needs you, you need to be motivated by. I've been happy with Jake, especially tonight. Uh, he is working on that two way game. I've always thought that he might not produce points, but he'll mature and learn a better full ice game as he gets older and doesn't have the kind of uh doesn't have the kind of speed he did when he was young and uh, maybe we're beginning to see uh, the start of that maybe we're beginning to see Elaine Vigneault really put his mark on this team and it's by turning the high-powered Giroux and Voracek into really solid two-way players as the young guys really start to take control of what the offense is going to become, what the points on the who the points on the board are going to be scored by, as Couturier, Lindblom, and TK become this team's true top line because it is an excellent freaking line. How everyone else slots in after that? Guess who's not on that top line? Jeru Voracek. I think they're learning. They're going to still put up points because they are incredibly skilled hockey players, but I think they're learning to cope with, and not even cope, just learning to adapt their games to play within a system that doesn't primarily revolve around them for the first time, you know, since they've been brought together, really. Watching the presser with AV, man, love him. He has no problems uh, speaking his mind is how I'll say that. Michael, I like like his honesty. I like his uh, ability to... Criticize guys without making it personal. I think Kevin Hayes spoke in the preseason training camp. He was asked about his relationship, his prior relationship with Elaine Vigneault, and he was just like, it's a straightforward relationship. Not everything is all positive with him, but it's not like he rides you unnecessarily. He just has no problem straight up telling you what he thinks. And I think that's important, especially for uh, a lot of the veterans on this team who – maybe need I'm not even like because I've never blamed Drew and Voracek in the core of this team I've always just said like the rest of the team has been so bad how much do you really want out of these guys um but maybe they need a little not even kicking the ass just they need to face reality of who they are at this point in their careers and AV is still giving them all the responsibility uh, of top line, highest paid guys, but also telling them like, sorry, TK and Oscar Lindblom just produce more than you two now, so they're going to play top line freaking minutes. Lindros was way better than Giroux. I've seen a lot of this going on. Uh, it's just in the comments tonight. Like, there's a reason Lindros was called the next one. There's a reason people thought, you know, the trade for Lindros was well worth it. Um, 
talent-wise, I, I, if, if Lindros played today, I not even played today under today's rules, although he'd dominate under today's rules, obviously. No holding through the neutral zone, no open ice hits, nothing. Nothing. Um, if you just give him one of today's sticks, the dude was, what, 6'6 six, six on skates? If you just give him one of today's sticks, where even if it's that long, you can feel the puck, and he can skate a little more with his head up, he probably gets a lot closer to reaching his potential. He's a guy who doesn't sniff his potential uh, and makes the Hall of Fame. That's how good Eric Lindros was. I will never debate how good Eric Lindros was unless we're debating is he awesome or super-duper awesome. Um, but Giroux has the one ability that Lindros never did. He plays every game. Like, let's let's look at Giroux's games played real quick. Let's take a quick detour to hockey reference to look up Claude Giroux since he came up full-time. Uh, let's see, 2009-10, 82 games played. 2010-11, 82 games played. 2011-12, 77 games played. So he missed 78, 79, 80. He missed five games. Uh, let's see, 2012-13, 48 out of 48. It's the lockout. 13-14, uh, 82 games played again. 14-15, uh, 81 out of 82. 15-16, he plays 78 out of 82. Uh, so that's, what, four games missed. Let's see, 82, 82, 82, the last three years. So he hasn't missed a game since 2015-16. Yes, is his durability the reason he's going to knock down some of these records? And is it the reason his scoring numbers are on par with Crosby and Kane, who are definitely better than G? They just are. They also have played on much better teams with much better talent around them. But let's just say they are definitely better than G. And the reason G is up there is because of his games played. Why is that bad? Oh, he's in the lineup every night. He's your best player. Like, how is that a negative on him? I'll never, you know, I'll never understand it. I can't wait until the Frost, Farabee, Ratcliffe line comes to the NHL. Jesus, if they're all together... Uh, I'm not looking ahead right now. You know what? I, Ratcliffe has been a guy. I've, he's like my he's he's like my Stepan Falkovsky, but actually has a chance. Um, uh, I can't wait for Ratcliffe to get up here because he's someone I've I've been interested in for a while. But I'm not looking ahead right now. I'm looking at what this team, just the way this team played tonight, man, and I'm very excited about it. They didn't. I can't even say they played poorly. Carolina was just noticeably better than them for the first 40 minutes, and that makes sense because I think Carolina is a much better team. And then they keep their compete level up. Carter Hart does his thing. They're able to win the game in the third period, and they do by outplaying a better team in Carolina. I was, uh, I'm going to keep going on about that all night. That's just what I saw tonight. Love the two points, but if I hear failed to clear one more time, yes, breakouts are have been an issue for this team. Uh, I will say Carolina forechecks the way we do, um, and the Flyers are forechecking monsters. When they have their legs going, they create a ton of turnovers, especially on second-chance efforts. The Flyers could have an extended shift in the offensive zone. The other team finally gets the puck, and they're looking to clear – and the third man who was hanging high and backing up with the defense suddenly pops back in and creates a turnover. Um, Carolina does the exact same thing, and they're a faster team. Um, they've been playing this way for a longer time. They have more chemistry together. A lot, most of this team was completely together last year. Um, 
they're gonna they're gonna get their chances against the Flyers, and the way to create chances is typically by creating turnovers. I thought that they did a great job of recovering from those turnovers tonight, giving Carter Hart a chance to see the first shot. Uh, Hart still has some rebound issues, but I didn't think it reared its head too much tonight at all. Uh, but that's the one thing I would say. Listen, we've seen him get off his game and all, but even when he's on, I will say Hart has some rebound issues. But all young goalies have rebound. That's the like number one thing with goalies, I would say, um, rebound control. Uh, but I, I just thought everybody did a tremendous job in coverage and sticking to their assignment even after turnovers tonight, and that hasn't been the case all year. I watched Farabee play junior in Syracuse. It's awesome being a Flyer fan and watching him. Uh, Joel, yep, that's what I call him too, Andrew. Uh, Joel also wore Flyers and Phillies gear as long as I can remember. He's Where is he from again? Because he's not – I don't know if he's local, but he's not from very far away. I can't remember. Where are you from, kids? Syracuse, New York. All right, so he's not, like, from here. I, th- I can't remember what I thought that was. Cleared but not out. Yeah, same idea. Listen, that's going to happen. Uh, I-, I thought they did a great job recovering from it. I don't know the name of the goal song. Someone told it to me, Ant, but I don't remember. Canes have Brendan Moore as coach. We all know how good he is. Yeah, man, I love Rob Brendamore. I think he's a really good coach. He was an incredible captain, just a great hockey player, fun to watch for years, uh, did all the little things and could score. Uh, captain that uh, Laviolette Cup team. Gotta love Brendy. I wondered, like, if he never gets traded, if the Primo trade never happens, and we can discuss the reasons that that trade happened, rumor and innuendo, etc. But if if Brendan Moore never leaves here, or at least doesn't leave there then, like, maybe he leaves after the lockout or something when we got rid of LeClaire and a lot of the uh, older fellas who've been around a while making too much money, would he be our coach right now? wonder. I loved, boy, I loved watching Gagne on the penalty kill. Yeah, man, Richards and Gagne, dynamic duo. Love, that's some of my favorite defensive hockey ever. Does Frost get a call up if the team can, if the team continues to find success, or do you think they'll wait until they might uh, start to struggle? He's riding a seven-game point streak. All right, so it's longer than I even said. Um, I just think they are most interested in Frost's long-term development. If the team continues to play well, obviously it will push back the need to call up a you know young guy who they think still needs development time. Um, but you just look at what he's doing down there, putting up the points. You look at what this team's missing and what it could be. I guess right now the determination is – while Giroux isn't an ideal center, and I think he's playing much better in that position than he did last year. Let's, I think it's night and day what we've seen from Giroux at center so far. And it's early. You know, it's early. He's still healthy and not worn down, hasn't had the huge minutes. Um, I think it's night and day what we're seeing out of, out of Giroux at center from this year compared to last year. But it's just going to be a balancing act of how much they need Frost versus how much they think he still needs to develop. And it's a lot just – I almost dropped my notes even though I didn't get to half of them and I probably won't. Uh, But it's going to come down to, at least in some regard, the Nolan Patrick situation. It remains unresolved. Um, He's week to week still. We don't know what this migraine – We don't know what this migraine disorder is going to mean for his immediate or distant future with the franchise, but 
you know, he could come back into the lineup tomorrow for all we know, and then it's like, well, where the fuck do we play Morgan Frost? But um, I, because we have a decent number of young guys and they're all getting acclimated to Elaine Vigneault and they're starting, everyone's starting to fit into their role, I have no problem with keeping Frost down for the time being. At a certain point, you are going to have to make the determination is this team better with Morgan Frost at 3C and Giroux on a wing than they are with the current alignment? And that's just – or, you know, if, and Nolan Patrick's the wild card and all that. So, again, this is all stuff we can get into on BSH Radio on uh, Wednesday, so tomorrow, or probably for most of you listening uh, via the podcast later tonight. But uh, I'm not – I don't think he's going to be up – before Christmas. That's, I think, right after Christmas is when we call up uh, Morgan Frost. I'm sticking with it. I was concerned Sanheim had another inexplicable tumble right before the TK goal. Right before the TK goal, turns out he got tripped by a Carolina guy. Yeah, man, there's uh, all that Sanheim down stuff. Like, TK, I know it's funny to put, uh, you know, the clear tape on the bottom of your teammate's skates and watch him fall. Like, do that shit in warm-ups, not during the game, man. It ain't that funny. I know you got a twisted sense of humor, effing bonehead. The price of Islanders tickets is going down. Yeah, because they don't have an arena. Jake finds 35 new people to block on Twitter each week. I find that hard to believe because I've been blocked for years now. Do you think uh, AV's comments motivated Giroux play, or was, uh, or was it just inevitable that he would play like this? Um... I think AV's comments about Giroux were warranted, and he also knew it was inevitable he would play like this. And it's a measured, I can criticize, don't criticize the young guys. That's a waste of time. It's bad to, don't put it in their head that the, you know, don't turn, don't turn yourself into Hackstall. Uh, the way he treated, or at least the way TK and Ghost perceived they were being treated by him. Leave the young guys alone. The veterans can handle it. Because you know what you know what Giroux was going to do? Be at or around a point a game by the end of the season. He just was, because that's the type of player he is, unless he gets freaking hurt. You know? So you can criticize Giroux because it's warranted and also because, you know, he's been in the league forever. He knows how this shit goes. He's not going to take it personally. And his play will improve so the rest of the team can look at him and go, look how he reacted to the constructive criticism. This is how we should all take it. And that's part of being a captain. Taking taking the heat for the rest of the team, whether it's from the media, whether it's from the coach, whether it's from assholes like me, is part of being a captain, whether that's actually good or not, I don't know, but I, I, I think it's I think it's just part of it. Hey, we have the number one home power play. I dude, this power play just creates chances and when how nice is it? How nice is it when Giroux and Giroux stayed on for the one tonight and they ended up scoring even though most of the second unit was out there. Uh, I believe on the Couturier goal, Giroux was still out there. Um I've always thought like when Giroux is a second or third liner, still and like he'll be playing second line minutes, and but I, I've always just pictured him in my head. When this team is good, he's Marion Hosa. He's not the best player, but he's helping the best players be the best they can be, which is what Hosa did for Taves. Like when you don't need Giroux 
for 20 minutes a game at even strength, he can play the full power play. And that's where your competitive advantage really is with Giroux and the power play. That's what makes him so good. Uh, but how nice is it when he leaves the ice? It's not over. They might still score. Like, that's cool. Do you think G stays at center all season? I don't, um, but it, it it depends on Nolan Patrick and how quickly they want to move up Frost. In my head, Frost will be up by January, but if they think he needs a full year or he needs until the All-Star break or whatever to develop, um, they're keeping him at center. For what that's worth, um, they believe Morgan Frost is a center iceman, so they're not – we talked about this last week, and Charlie – if they were so interested in rushing Frost up, they'd put him on wing and he'd, he'd you know, okay, cool, you're a playmaking winger, come on up, you can play anywhere in the lineup. But they're keeping him at center, and they're keeping him at center knowing that Sean Couturier is a true 1C, that Kevin Hayes is making over $7 million bucks for the foreseeable future, he ain't going nowhere, uh, knowing that Nolan Patrick may or may not be back, knowing that Scott Lawton can play center, knowing that they have... Uh, who the hell? Um, Rubsov already up here playing center. Drew can play some center. You prefer him at wing, but he, they're knowing all of this and what they have at center. Morgan Frost, they're keeping him there, so that means they think he can play that spot. I don't know if it's this year, but eventually, I believe Frost bumps G back to center, even if we never see Nolan Patrick again. And I don't want to put that out in the world. I'm not trying to. Bill Matz said that, not that. Uh, if any of you go to your friends and are like, well, Bill said this, thank you. But also, Jesus, think about what you're saying for a second. Uh, but uh, he will eventually bump somebody out of the lineup or back to wing, Morgan Frost. And right now, I got to believe it's G. I don't know what that says, Andrea, but yes, uh, whatever that language is, perhaps Spanish? Uh, yes, Andrea, I agree. Your Jim Schwartz theory with Tarion is starting to look accurate. Yeah, he draws up a lot and talks to the guys a lot in game. Seems to be making a big difference. Yes, for everyone who doesn't know my Jim Schwartz theory, Jim Schwartz is the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. I think some, like, the same thing with uh, Mike Yo. Uh, bad head coaches and Jim Schwartz, and that's where this all started. Jim Schwartz, I think, is a bad head coach. I would never, ever want him being the head coach of my football franchise, but I think he's a good defensive coordinator. Is he? The, I don't know if he's the best. I think he's good, and I have no problem leaving him in that spot, and he can do that thing, but of course, what happens to good assistants? Eventually, they get head coaching jobs. Michel Tarion failed at it, but that doesn't mean he retroactively is a bad assistant coach. It's two different jobs. Perhaps what we have failed head coaches in our assistant coach spot is good because that's how they got the chance to be head coaches by being good in the role they're in now. G has been an absolute Iron Man and was a better playmaker and uh, saw the ice better than Lindros did if they had been a couple of if they had have been able to play together we just would have well yeah if Giroux and freaking yeah yeah, of course they'd have a couple cups. It's two of the ten best players in franchise history. Um, you know, look at the 70s teams. Barber and Clark played together with Bernie Perrant and that. So what happened? They won. <laughs> but um, I can't say G saw the ice better than Lindros because uh, he was uh, – he had – for a guy who skated with his head down, he got a lot of assists. I'll say G – 
can see the ice better and is more aware of his surroundings. Uh, this is what I'll give you here, uh, Paul, is that he must be able, because of his size, and the, the game is much different now, so that helps him stay healthy a little compared to what Lindros uh, you know, played against. But while Lindros was able to find opponents and rack up points, that, or find teammates, line mates, and rack up points and assists that way, Giroux has a better understanding of how to keep himself out of trouble, I guess. Because uh, remember, especially early in his career, it's not like G didn't go into corners and win battles. It looked like every corner he went into, he came out with the puck. But his ability not to make himself vulnerable, I guess, is um, better than Lindros's. And if we chalk that up to the full seeing the ice, not just being able to thread a pass to a guy you think is covered or see through traffic or whatever, I'll grant you that. I'll be. I'll grant you that. Just his uh, his ability to see a few steps ahead and not put himself in position to be knocked unconscious. I think that's fair. Farabee is going to play with Patrick and Giroux. I don't see how you do anything with Patrick. I, 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 Farabee and Giroux are playing way too well to play with Patrick. To me, it's Hayes, Giroux, and Farabee. That's the line. Ratcliffe has a couple of years to go. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think he was always a project. Any player that size is a freaking project. That's something I want to talk about, actually, tonight. Um... Zdeno Chara played his 1,500th game in the NHL tonight. And this relates to Lindros a little, too, to tie it all together. Um, Zdeno Chara played his 1,500th game tonight. I saw that dude play for the Kentucky Thoroughblades in 97-98 against the Phantoms. He put a hit on Bruce Coles uh, in the corner. Bruce Coles, I think, got hurt on the play. And on that shift, John Druce came across with... An AJ Styles esque forearm. <laughs> John Stevens, or Scott Stevens. I always say John Stevens, but I mean Scott Stevens. Knocked Chara the F out as Chara was doing a Lindros coming across the blue line with his head down. John Drews knocked him unconscious. And to think that that guy that I watched then in 1997 98 has turned into what he is now, like, oof. Uh, it's hard to play at that size. That's that's my that's what I'm getting to here. It it you go from getting knocked out by John Drews in the AHL to a top twenty all time defenseman in Zdeno Chara, and that might be an underestimate. I think Farabee's dad is from Philly. Maybe that's it. I'm so far behind on the comments. Um, when does Sanheim get some power play time? Doesn't he have better upside than Provorov and Niskanen? Provorov, I have been critical of on the power play since he got here, but I can't argue with what he's doing right now. He looks good out there. Um, obviously, more upside than Niskanen because Sanheim is going to be part of this team in two, three years, most likely, and Niskanen isn't, most likely. Um, but right now, you're not looking for upside. You're looking for who's executing. And who's executing is Matt Niskanen. It's no, I'm fine with giving guys opportunities, but if they don't make it happen, I'm out of patience for, well, they'll get it together. We do need to win some freaking games. I want to be in the playoffs this year. I want to win a playoff round. Those are the stated goals. Whatever helps us get there, I don't care what it is, that's what I want to see. It, it, do, does Niskanen factor into the true future of this team? Uh, define future, because for the next you know 200 games, the answer is yes. But outside of that, no. But I'm worried about this season right now. And Sanheim, if if Sanheim is going to get power play time, he's going to have to earn it, and that's cool with me. He probably will earn it at some point. 
He had a hell of a year last year. If he starts creating offense at five on five, like he created last season, it's just a matter of time before they put him on the power play because they recognize he is that good. I really don't think the Hurricanes are that much better of a team than us, Bill. <sighs> I think they are a. I think they're an actualized version of the Philadelphia Flyers. I think the Flyers, whether it's this year or over the next season or two, are looking to become what the Hurricanes are, just with better goaltending. Uh, I, I don't player for player. Do I think the Hurricanes are better than us? No. I'll agree with you there. I don't think play like if you just stack the two rosters up side by side, you go, all right, yeah, it's about right. Um, but I think the Hurricanes, they just it's been something building in Carolina for a little while. They made some personnel changes last year. They've uh Brendan Moore becomes their coach. They boot Peters. And um I just think the Canes are an actualized version of what the Flyers could be with the young defensemen and the mix of vets. And young forwards, they just maybe the Flyers could be better because they have steadier goaltending, in theory. Uh, but uh, right now, the Hurricanes, I think, are a true Stanley Cup contender, and the Philadelphia Flyers are not. Could I think the Flyers are a Cup contender by the end of this year? I could, if Carter Hart continues to look like he looked tonight. If the young defensemen don't take any steps back, which I assume they will, because they're young defensemen. Uh, if, if Drew stays healthy, if Patrick comes back at some point, if Farabee keeps going, if Hayes keeps going, JVR starts putting even more pucks in the net, yes, I think this team could get to a level above what I think they are right now, but it's all hypothetical at this point, while I think the Canes are basically there. Are they playing their best hockey? Not even close to the way they started the year, but through an 82-game season, I expect them to be top three in the division and be, you know, second, third round of the playoffs again. Hey, Bill, isn't clearing rebounds the job of the defense? Yes, it is. And I think they did a good job of that tonight. Um, but the goalie's supposed to control the rebounds. It's it, There shouldn't be a ton of rebounds, and when there are, they should be kicked to the corner. So, but, yes, it, especially if the Flyers – it's always – I've always laughed at this because we demonize um, Brizgalov, and with good reason. And we love LaViolette so much in this town, and with, again, good reason. But I watched this, there was this uh, thing at Bourbon and Branch a couple of years ago that me and Steph went to, Ryan Gilbert was there from Sons of Penn, a bunch of us went to it, and it was like this sit-down with Briz. Sarah Baker and Dave Isaac were on the stage with him, and they talked about uh, LaViolette's philosophy in the defensive zone. And Briz told Lavi, I like to see the shots, and then defensemen clear rebound. And that's my Russian. You like it? Uh, and Lavi said, well, we block shots here. So uh, tough shit. And he, it was just two differing styles. Briz wasn't great at looking through traffic. Briz wasn't great at reacting to deflected pucks. He didn't have always the best positioning. I've never seen a goalie get beat more through his armpits than Briz ever. Uh, but he just he wanted to see the first shot and the defenseman be in position to clear the rebound. What LaViolette always preached was try to block every shot. And if you're trying, if you're selling out to block every shot, you are not in position to clear the rebound. You are not looking uh, to help out your, your goalie in front of the net. So it depends on what you're doing in front of your goalie, but ideally, yes. The defensemen are there to clear rebounds, make sure, you know, they battle the guys in front so that they can't put home rebounds. But 
Hart, I think the one thing that's been consistent, um, even when he's played well, hasn't had the greatest rebound control, and that's the number one thing with his game he needs to improve on. Again, we're nitpicking at this point with the game he played tonight. I don't even want to talk about it. It just kind of came out of my mouth as I was saying it earlier. Ghost's name not spoken in vain once tonight. Rich, uh, I think Ghost is coming around. I really do. I've liked what I've seen out of Ghost. Um, making smarter plays, uh, taking taking more chances, not just being a guy out there, but trying to make some Ghost plays when they're available. And it's just uh, it's a get through it, man. Just, if he learns how to maximize himself, he'll be what we thought he was. And it's just a process right now. There's some guys playing ahead of him because they're playing good hockey, but I just so badly want to see this this blue line come together with all the homegrown guys. I have such a leash for uh, Ghost. Um, I'm willing to deal with the struggles because I think he's such a good player. I think all the time about Brendan Moore for Primo. I mean, I don't think about it all the time. I loved Keith Primo, that 0-4 team. Um, he led them. That That's the – man, that pre-lockout Flyers team was the first time, I think – that was the first time the 04 Flyers, I thought the team had the heart and maybe not the talent. Uh, there was a bunch of older guys who were just kind of giving it one last go. They're all hurt. They're just, I mean, they're out of defensemen. Desjardins is out. The Sammy Kapanen's playing forward ND, depending on what they need that night. Uh, he was a hell of a captain, Primo. I mean, he's playing those whole playoffs with a concussion and outscores his regular season production. Uh, but... I, so I don't think about it that much, but Brendan Moore, of course, does end up lifting a cup and does end up becoming a franchise legend somewhere other than here when we loved him so much. Uh, the goal song is Feel the Shake by Jet Boy, for whoever asked what the goal song was earlier. Ghost was kind of a ghost tonight. I didn't think he was a ghost. I thought he did a solid job and didn't make many mistakes. That's what I thought about Ghost tonight. Let's get a couple more, Bill. All right, let's get a couple more here. Daryl says, hello, Bill. Big hello from North Battleford, Saskatchewan, not Moose Jaw. Come on, man. I want, if anyone listening can send me a postcard from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, please do. I would just really love that. Hart played great at the start, kept us in it, and then we had a great third. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the summary right there, Daryl. Uh, Coots playing with one arm is still better than most players in the league. Loving what I'm seeing out of Cooch just in terms of the battle. He comes in, takes that defensive zone face-off tonight, wins it. We know he's hurt. I think – are they actually calling it like a shoulder sprain? Like they're actually naming what's wrong with him. It's the left shoulder. Uh, I was just thinking about this tonight. Does any Was it the left or right shoulder that um, he hurt in the playoffs against the Caps that knocked him out for that series? Uh, but whatever, it, just, just a thought that popped in my head tonight. But I think they're actually calling it like a legit injury. But – He's playing through it and getting getting it done. Uh, if Couturier didn't do anything other than that third period shift in the final three or four minutes where him and Lindblom and TK just kept the puck in the zone and uh, just ground it out, just freaking run the ball out at the end of the game, Jordan Howard the hell out of it, uh, He that's that's enough to call it a good game for Couturier. But, of course, he did more. What did he end up playing tonight? Uh, with one arm, uh, Sean Couturier played 18-45 was 100% in the face-off circle. I'm going to guess that was one for one. But, yeah, minute 43 on the power play, minute 43 shorthanded, uh, goal and an assist, just giving them everything they could ask for. Uh, how do you not love Coots? Niskanen got the helmet from Lindblom tonight. Well-deserved. I freaking 
Uh, Niskanen played the most out of every defenseman. Like I said earlier, he played 21-26. We had three other guys play 20-30. Well, Myers and Sanheim 20-30, Proverall of 20-29. Uh, I, I just thought Niskanen was all over the ice tonight. He such a good ad. I don't care. I am a huge fan of Ryan Lambert and Puck Soup, but uh, suck it. He's so much better than Radko Gudis. And this is coming from a legit Radko Gudis fan. Like, Charlie for Christmas one year got me the the butcher shirt that says Gudis on the back, number three. I wear it to this day, but uh, I'll take Niskanen and his poise and puck moving any day. Uh, that Niskanen kid might be a keeper, yeah. I like him a lot, like his leadership, like his composure, and he's still making plays out there. Oh, wow, I'm so far behind. i got to scroll a, a little further down here. Yeah, Couture scored the hat-trick on one leg. This kid, this dude should be hurt all the time. It's like Iverson when he put the sleeve on because he had the injured elbow and then suddenly started going off every game. It was like, yo, hit him with a hammer. <laughs> I think Cooch should get his MCL straight up removed, personally. Uh, Niskanen is the number one D-man on this team right now. He is, Jeff. He played more than anyone tonight, and he's making the most plays. It's crazy to think with what we thought of what we had on this blue line and what we maybe thought of the moves they made this offseason in terms of how they bolstered the blue line, that Niskanen's the number one guy, but no complaints so far. Uh, no complaints at all about Matt Niskanen. Good night, fam. Woo, good night, Andrew. Uh, Provorov had the shoulder injury. Provorov had the shoulder injury against the Penguins. I'm talking about 2016, I think, against the uh, against the Caps, when um, Couturier missed... Um, I think he only played in game one, and I think it was early in game one, that cap series, when Mason gave up the uh, half-ice goal and that whole uh, bracelet thrown debacle and all that shit. I wanted to call the TK Coots Lindblom line the TLC line. Yeah, that's fine, but I do like what uh, I do like what Bill Meltzer called it, the click line the other day, too sweet, brother. Uh, I, I like click. I think that's more fun. TLC, like everything's TLC. Like the... The the laundromat by in my hometown is called TLC TLC Cleaners. Like that's cliche. F all that. <laughs> Click line, too sweet, baby. A V explicitly mentioned shoulder strain. Okay, so strain, not sprain. Uh, hi, Bill. Since you're right here, hey, what's up, Josh? Um, Provi is still taking two steps back every, with every step forward. Really needs to push through this. Puck can't settle down on his stick. He has had issues, um, I, I absolutely has had issues fumbling pucks a lot, uh, he, you know, the one he gave up tonight. At first I thought it was maybe just a jumping pass, but it really just kind of looked like a straight-up fumble that led to his, um, that led to the breakaway and then, the, of course, the penalty. Um, yes, Provorov is a work in progress right now. I still think, is he making negative plays? He is, but I'm still seeing some positives out of him. I think he's going to get through it because I think the coaches are – are helping everybody right now. I haven't seen anybody. I, I'm i just really happy with what the coaching staff is doing right now, and I believe they can help Provorov get to where he was in um, 2017-18, I guess it was. I feel like Ryan Lambert forms his opinions based on what is the most jun judgmental against the Flyers. I, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, I, again, I, I'm a big fan of his. I love his podcast. I read all his stuff at Yahoo. Uh, I just think when he doesn't watch a team a ton – and if your job is to cover every team in the sport, why would you waste time on the Flyers when they're at best mediocre over the last few years? 
So he just looks at the numbers, and he's a big believer in advanced stats, which you know I use advanced stats from time to time. I think they have their use. I cite them in my articles because it's a number. It's a good, it's a good starting point, you know? But I think he puts a lot of weight in those numbers, especially when he hasn't seen uh, – when he hasn't seen a guy play a ton. And Gudis is a guy whose Corsi 4 percentage always looks better than it is because he just fires the puck every time it's on his stick. Um, and that can be somewhat useful sometimes. Look at what Carolina does. They kill you with volume, but they also do everything they can to get to the slot. How many high-danger scoring chances has Gudis been a part of since he was a flyer? A couple. How many shots from the deep right point, I mean along the boards, against the blue line, with no traffic, is he just half-slapping towards the net? And then, yeah, you get an offensive zone face-off, that's useful, but the puck had a 0.5% chance of going in the net. You know, it's not threatening a little bit. And I think when you are just looking at the quote-unquote possession metrics, his numbers are a little skewed because of just how often he fires the puck with zero regard for situation or whatever. Shucks. Good night, everyone. Go Flyers. Mahalo, Bill. Howie, if you're from Hawaii and you didn't say anything, come on, dude. Howie Lenore, if you're from Hawaii, dude, come on. Everyone's going to bed. I'm outlasting everyone. I'll get you a Moose Jaw postcard, Bill. Thanks, Daryl. Would you rather have a healthy Patrick or a ready Frost at 3C? Huh. Hmm. Patrick would be a pretty damn good 4C, wouldn't he? He's decent in the face-off circle. Strong two-way game. Put him with, uh, like, Raffle and Torensky. That could be a hell of a grind line. Um, I'm so low on Patrick. I don't want to be this low on Nolan Patrick. I really don't. I just don't. Like, would you rather a healthy Patrick? I don't know if healthy Patrick's any good because I've only seen him be good in spurts, you know? He's flashed. He's absolutely flashed. I think he has skill. I think he has the tools to make it work, but he hasn't shown me any ability to put it together for any stretch of time. Uh, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather Frost. I, I want them both in the lineup, good to go, and then it's like, pff, who gives a shit who's on what line, man? We're just rolling four good centers. But, uh, yeah. Two years from today, are we going to look at the Konechny contract as a bargain or a fair deal? Um, I think we'll look at it as more beneficial than not. And, like, two years from now, the cap goes up, other players' salaries go up. Well, it won't look like – I don't think it'll look like a Couturier or Wayne Simmons. I mean, maybe a Wayne Simmons-level bargain. I don't think we'll look at it like that, but I definitely think the contract will be on the – when you look at cap friendly and you, if you were to just get out a notepad and go, here's who has a good contract and here's who has a bad contract. Connecties will be on the good side, regardless of whether it's just fair or a bargain. You know, I don't think he's, I mean, he's, he's right now already not overpaid. Do we have any tentative dates for Patrick? I'd feel a lot better about our line configurations with him in there. Week to week, that's all we keep hearing. I ask Charlie on every BSH radio, and he just says they're still week to week. AV's post-game interviews are a hell of a lot more interesting than Hackstall's. Dude, if I were to just have the camera open and have you looking at my mini-fridge and my record player, it would be more interesting than Dave Hackstall's post-games. I stopped going. When I was in the press box, and not everyone knows this, I was in the press box for like three years. 
uh, every home game. I stopped going to Hackstall's pressers because it was a waste of fucking time. Patrick skated the optional this morning without the no-contact jersey. It's an optional skate. Uh, I, I, he's got to be closer than not, right? Like, if it was still... I don't know. I don't know why they haven't long-termed him other than they don't think Morgan Frost is ready. That's it. They're, they're, they're happy piecing together the bottom six the way they have because they have plenty of role players who can fill these roles, whether they're borderline NHLers who are up here or younger guys in the AHL knocking on the door. They've been mixing and matching, sending some back, bringing others up. I think they have enough who can fill the role that they're not in a huge rush to make a determination about Patrick, but you're going to have to eventually. Bigger disappointment, Patrick or Fultz? I mean, it's Fultz, you know. Nolan Patrick, you luck into that shit. You have the 13th pick, and next thing you know, you have the second. It's pure freaking luck. Obviously, expectations were high. But the Sixers are sitting there, trade up to number one, and Fultz is the missing piece to create a championship team. Um, so I, I don't even think it's particularly close that uh, Fultz never, and they're comparable in some ways, but in terms of overall disappointment, it's Fultz by a mile. All right, guys, I think that's it. We're well over an hour. People are starting to leave. It is late. It's 11 o'clock. I mean, I got nothing to do. I love hanging out with everybody, but that's enough. We have a full show coming up tomorrow on BSH Radio, but before we wrap things up, Let's take a look ahead at what's next. And what's next is Thursday, November the 7th. The Flyers finish up their homestand. They're 1-0-1 so far. They're looking to end up with five points out of these, uh, out of a possible six on this homestand uh, with a 7 o'clock puck drop against those Habs, those Montreal Canadiens. And if you were looking for somewhere to watch this game, may I suggest to you Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. That's right, the Crest Tavern right there in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It is just an awesome place to watch a game. I say this every week, but it bears repeating. They have a slap shot poster in the men's bathroom. What sets the tone better for a night of beers and sports watching than a slap shot poster in the men's bathroom? Come on. You know exactly what you're getting into when you see that. And it's perfect. And I love uh, the Crest Tavern. It's my favorite place in the whole Jersey Shore. Direct TV package. You can watch any game you're looking for, especially any hockey game. The owner, Timmy Fitzpatrick, is always there. And not only is he a huge hockey fan, but he's just a great guy. And he's always there making sure that food is hot and that beer is cold. What else can you ask for out of an owner other than to be there, be attentive, making sure everything's done. And his staff is incredible as well. Don't sleep on the hot pork sandwich. Uh, I always get a sequench ale when I'm there. They don't have sequench everywhere. When I'm there, I get a sequench. So that's what I recommend to you on the beer board. Uh, that's it. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio's post game on Facebook. Thank you all so much for hanging out. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey. Wherever there are podcasts, you get these post games delivered to you. As soon as I publish them on the feed, you also obviously get the Broad Street Hockey BSH Radio, the flagship show. You get Fly Perbole. You get checking out the competition where Kelly previews every game with a writer from another, from the opponent. Uh, the BSH Brief. You get the Raps, Ice Sport, whenever we decide to do that again. It's the best money you'll never spend because BSH is always free. That's right. Free, baby. So hit that subscribe button. That's all I have for you tonight. Thanks for hanging out, everybody, and have a great week. I already said everybody too many times.